And welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat Series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we are very fortunate to have on with us Andrew Whale, CRO Americas for TwinTag, uh, and we're going to talk about product-led communication, what it is, and how it can improve the customer experience. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, hello, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, you are actually joining me on what is my 10th anniversary at Pragmatic. Uh, and in those 10 years, I can tell you that I have had the privilege of talking to a variety of people and a variety of different backgrounds and companies. Uh, and I also know that people use the same terminology to mean lots of different things. So first, just to make everybody kind of like level set, Andrew, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about TwinTag, that would be great. Sure. Well, that's added to uh, the pressure. Obviously, a landmark uh, podcast on your tenth anniversary. So absolutely. I hope for that. Um, so I am a. I'm really a, a, a product marketing uh, guy. I mean, that's that's been the bulk of my career in the electrical, electronic uh, device industry primarily, and um, spent a lot of time, you know, working on with customers, developing insights from the customers turning those into great products and you know commercializing those products so you know what we're going to talk about today is is pretty fundamental to what i've done and obviously you know i i know pragmatic and and have worked with them for a, a fair amount of time so i'm hoping this is going to be relevant to a lot of the audience awesome all right so let's talk about this again setting that baseline always important tell us a little bit about what do you what do we mean by product-led communication we, we spend a lot of time developing those products, um, you know, and a, a product can be can be software, it can be hardware, but think of it in, in the context of a, you know, a, a device that we're going to we're going to sell and we're going to market that device goes out into the field and then it, it kind of stands alone uh, with the customer or the consumer. Uh, and you hope that it performs well, but you really don't know unless you spend a lot of time and effort trying to connect with that customer or consumer. What product-led communication does is it really uses that product to help the engagement with the customer or consumer. And you can do this in, in multiple different ways, but the, the, the essence of what we're trying to do here is use this great product. We've invested a ton of time and an effort in developing, use it as, as, a, as a vehicle for better engagement with the customer or consumer, and so enhance the customer experience that that customer or consumer is going to have with our product, turn them into an advocate for us as a brand, and, and hopefully keep them you know, buying our products for, for a lot longer. So what I hear is that it is about being able to communicate with customers at the point of product where they're actually interacting with the device. So I, I think that this would, and I imagine you have some great examples, that this would be really um, powerful in packaged goods or any hardware, right? Something where you don't have the ability of a software to pop up messages here and there. Can you give us some examples of, of, of where we might see this in our daily lives? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, if you did, and there's, there's kind of multiple manifestations of, of um, 
companies who want to enhance this digital experience, uh, create this digital experience through their uh, through their products, and, and therefore are using product-led communication. Uh, an example may be an HVAC manufacturer, product manufacturer. They would put a, a QR code um, as an example, uh, and it could be you know it could be an NFC tag or an RFID tag, but let's say it's a QR code onto their product. When the product goes out into the field, the installer can move his camera phone over that QR code, uh, launch through the uh, the browser on his phone, uh, a simple web app that's going to give him, uh, you know, whatever information is relevant to that task that he's about to perform. So if it's installation instructions, if it's codes and compliance information, uh, it could be uh, opening up a, a, a chat line with the uh, the company's um, tech support line. Um, you know, numerous different ways that you can engage the the installer in this case with the um, you know with the company that manufactured the product. Now, if it's a service application, same methodology. You scan the QR code. The um, service technician could pull down the service history on that particular device. He could look up uh, product information on that device. He could schedule the next service visit uh, and so on. So the, but the point of it is, is that you're providing, you know, what I term hyper-relevant information about that point in time interaction with the product that's going to help the person that's engaging with the product do a better job, perform a better job, um, you know, uh, with re regard to the product. I imagine that's that's so important, right? Because it's about giving the information they need when they need it in a way that's so important to a good customer experience. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. The you know what we what we're trying to avoid here is that you um you have to send that that consumer or customer somewhere else. Um, you know, we we've all kind of worked for companies and in environments where the, the the corporate website or the company website is, is getting packed with great information but sometimes it's a challenge finding that information so what we're trying to avoid here is the need for that person to go somewhere else and start looking for information um, you know a worst case scenario could be you know the the technician goes online google's <clears throat> service you know equipment whatever the equipment is. And at that point, you've lost control of the brand experience because you don't really know what he's going to pull up or what he's going to find. And it may not be from your website. So again, we're trying to keep the information, you know, specific to the brand uh, of, the, uh, of the manufacturer, the provider of the product, and then keep the information very relevant to the user and very um, specific to the interaction that user is having with the product. I think it's a, a problem that there's so many of our audience, Andrew, that comes from the software space or has primary experience in there. And we take it for granted how much we can re, uh, communicate with our customers within the products and how much we can use sort of the information around them and what we know about them to change what we're communicating. And I think what we're talking about here, like the ability to have some of that same functionality in a, in a physical product is, is a really powerful way of increasing customer experience. And particularly when we're talking about like your example with the, the HVAC unit or some of these super complex ones. And so the, the experience up front is just 
such an important part of retention and, and kind of ongoing revenue. If they have a good experience, you know, installing this, this complex piece, then they will recommend it going forward or they'll keep throwing those. And I think the impact it can have, not just at the beginning, but on the experience overall is, is really quite powerful. No, exactly right. I mean, the big idea here is is definitely centered around, you, you know, what why are we interested in in improving customer experience? Um, we know, for example, that sixty five percent on average of a company's business is going to come from um, previous customers, and you know, a high percentage. Of, the, of those customers up, up in the 80, uh, you know, the 80 percentages um, are, are going to be likely to rebuy from that company if they have if they have that great experience. Uh, you know, we also know that it costs somewhere in the region of 5x to recruit uh, more to acquire a new customer than it does to retain an existing customer. And it can cost somewhere in the region of 16 times you know, the amount to bring on a new customer to the level of an existing customer. So if you boil customer experience down to a fairly fundamental level, what we're all about here is making sure that we create a very um, simplistic way of utilizing the product to maximize that customer relationship without the need for companies to necessarily uh, you know, go for the big bang, new CX platform, big corporate kind of initiative that's going to take years to uh, to roll out and cost, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Leveraging the product that you've already done a lot of work and effort to put out in the field and, and gain traction with leveraging that product to enhance the customer relationship um, at that level. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, right? This is a, it's a big problem. It's a powerful problem if you solve it, right? Uh, I think another uh, interesting fact that you had told me before we recorded was that, you know, 86% of customers are willing to pay more for this better experience. So there's not all these benefits as an organization that you see, but like the customer is happy and they value that in a way that can then be reflected in pricing. Um, but it's also, while it's a it's a big and powerful problem to solve, it there are, are uh you don't have to sort of eat the elephant all at once, right? There are ways that we can do this and do it quite nimbly, I think, that are, are exciting. So so let's talk about those. Andrew, tell me about some of the ways that we can tackle this problem that's not a giant CX system, but again, using the product. What kind of tools are you seeing out there? Uh, what kind of experiences, we talked about the HVAC one, but what other kind of experiences and ways of leveraging this sort of product level communication um, is available? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think uh, we're, we're all probably familiar with the QR code now. Um, you know, the last couple of years, as, as challenging as they've been, um, we all see QR codes popping up um, frequently when we go, for example, to a restaurant. You scan the QR code, you get the menu for the restaurant. I mean, that's a very simple um, implementation of a, a QR code and probably when the QR code was was developed years ago that was um, you know one of one of the basic applications for it there are now dynamic QR codes and uh, you know twin tag is is a is a form of a dynamic QR code which delivers a lot more than a simple redirect to a you know a, a single web page that you've created so if you look at it from the standpoint of QR codes, you now have the capability to 
really engage with a platform that's going to deliver everything from simple product information, provide service capability, move you all the way to integration with your, your, your backend systems, whether it's your, your ERP or your content management system, and, and really facilitate kind of a seamless interaction with that QR code and, and, and when it's scanned. Um, there's, there's obviously other implementations that follow a similar format. You can use NFC tags uh, on product and, um, you know, depending on the application and the space, a lot of contact payment um, scenarios are now going to QR codes. Uh, RFIDs are another example where, you know, particularly in asset tracking, RFID is used and uh, simply attached to the product the same way that you would attach uh, you know, a QR code through a label to the product. So there's numerous different technologies that are in play. And you know, depending on the particular industry, uh, the particular use case, I think you know, companies are obviously gonna select the one make that makes sense for them. The approach that certainly we've taken is, you know, if you look at it from a, a product manufacturing standpoint, um, you know, QR codes are, are a label. It's a simple label at that point. It can be attached to the, uh, the, the product. It's a, you know, a bill of material item. So any, any product manager that's listening to this uh, podcast will know exactly what I'm talking about here. So it's, it's, it's a label that goes onto the product. So the implementation of it onto the product is very simple. The overhead to um, to you know enable the product with, um, for example, a QR code is is um, is very low, and so it's quick to to get on the product and quick to implement. And, and let's face it, we all want something we can uh, get out in the field, learn from, test it, and then uh, you know iterate as we go forward. So when you talk about a dynamic QR code, uh, can you talk mm. a little bit more about how a dynamic QR code differs from the menu example or the, the more of a, you know, old school QR code. Yeah. Um, again, in honor of the 10th anniversary of your, uh, your, that you mentioned earlier, let, let's go back maybe 10 years and, and look at what we were doing with QR codes. Then it was a, uh, we use QR codes as the example. It was a, when you scan that QR code, firstly, you had to do download an app at the time as a, a QR code scanner. Nowadays, uh, you know, all uh, smartphones will allow you to scan a QR code through the, um, through the camera on the phone. Um, but back in the day, you'd scan that QR code and it would typically take you to a landing page, which is, is great in certain applications. But if you think as a product manufacturer, you've got multiple different SKUs. You've got um, probably, you may even want to look at products down to the serial number level. And so creating a, a landing page for each one of those, um, either products or SKUs is, is going to be very time consuming and um, very difficult to maintain. So what we see with the current generation of dynamic QR codes is that you're able to uh, scan that QR code and basically pull up uh, on your phone, through the browser on your phone, simple web application, which can be because of the unique identifier capability of the URL that sits behind the QR code, you can pull up information that's specific to that individual QR code that you, um, you know, you've just scanned. So then we get into the, the world of, of really, uh, you know, if you're looking at a product at the serial number level, 
obviously you're able to give people information on that product that is very specific to what they're doing. So uh, as another example, you may have a utility company that is um, attaching sensors to a, um, you know, a, a power line, uh, wherever it is, they send the lineman out, the lineman goes to the, the power line and, and that utility wants to know that he's installed the product correctly. They want to know that what those products are and they want to know the location that those products are, are, uh, are put into service in. And so with the current generation of, of twin tag and uh, the current generation of dynamic QR codes, you're able to pull all that information together through the interaction with the QR code and then deliver that information back to the utility company. So they know one, the product's been installed in the place it should have been installed Two, it's been installed correctly following the compliance checklist that they have in place. And three, they've got a record of the uh, product actually hanging on the power lines because the uh, the lineman took a picture with his, his camera phone and uploaded it through the QR code back to the, the utility company. So there's an example of how we differ between, you know, what we may conceive of that um, QR code that we, we scan when we go to uh, look at a menu in a restaurant versus the flexibility um, the, the new generation of dynamic QR codes can, can give product manufacturers. Wow. Yeah. That's come a long way in my 10 years here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So we've talked, we've kind of brought some of these pieces in, but I, I think any, um, you know, if you can dive deep on some of the stories you've seen, some of the examples of where the, you know, sort of product led communication um, has really been powerful for an organization, both in terms of performance and CX. I think it would be great to hear some some stories. Yeah, sure. I mean, let's uh, let, let's let's kind of go through go through a few, and um, you know, I'll I'll try and give you a, a scale um, across the the product space that you know could be industrial products, could be consumer products, but but let's look at look at a few. Um, Think of a, uh, you know, you, you go to Home Depot and you want to buy a um, tractor lawnmower, let's say. Uh, you get that thing home and you're trying to figure out what you do with it. You've kind of misplaced the installation, uh, sorry, the um, startup information that would uh, would be provided with the product. You know, what are you going to do? may guess and you may get it wrong and you may be frustrated or if you've got a uh you know a qr code on that product you can scan that qr code and it's going to deliver through your uh, phone it's going to deliver the quick start guide and give you the information that you need to get the um you know the tractor lawnmower up and running and uh you know uh, cutting your grass so a very a very simple implementation um there's a lot of uh, you know, device manufacturers that are, um, are using this approach to, for example, deliver installation instructions today. The installation instructions, I mean, I, I come from the, you know, device uh, manufacturing world, and we're often, you know, struggling to find boxes that um, would allow us to pack all the information uh into that box that's required in a lot of cases by you know, certification bodies to explain how the product should be properly installed. Um, 
you know, as the products get more complex, the installation instructions become longer. You've got responsibility to include multiple uh, languages for the, um, the installers. And it, and it just gets to be, you know, A, it becomes expensive and B, it becomes a challenge logistically. And also, you know, now we've got a lot more focus on corporate social responsibility. We're, we're obviously all trying to put less paper and packaging around the products. Um, and so, you know, a simple, simple application of a, a QR code onto the product or, you know, onto the packaging box that you're going to ultimately have for the product would allow you to minimize that um, installation instruction uh, in a print form. It would also give you the opportunity to maybe provide how-to videos in terms of installation. Um, and depending on what the product is, you know, you can you can tailor that information to different personas. So you may have installation for the uh, information for the installer, installation information. Uh, you may have information for the service technician that's going to look at the product you know, down the road. And you may also have information for the, the consumer in terms of, you know, quick start, quick use guides, uh, etc. So, you know, simple, simple applications there start around, um, you know, the, the product and the delivery of, of information around that, that product. Another use case area is um, that, you know, is, is very compelling um, is service. And I mentioned, you know, the HVAC provider earlier. I mean, we, we've seen numerous uh, examples where companies are um, using a QR code to either provide service information to the technicians that are servicing the products. And remember some of the, um, especially if they're independent service companies, they deal with multiple manufacturers. They've got to know a lot of information about a lot of products and the products are becoming more technologically advanced. So there's a challenge there. So we see, you know, delivery of information, but we also see service histories being recorded uh, on the product. So when the next technician comes out to look at a particular piece of equipment, he scans the QR code and is immediately up to date on, on what the product is. The QR code can also be used as a means of, you know, we're talking about product-led communication. So the QR code can also be used to interface between the piece of equipment and, for example, the um, either the service company or the manufacturer's own customer portal. Um, quite often you'll find that uh, companies are struggling to get their um, users to actually use that customer portal. They've, expend, they've uh, put a ton of time and effort into uh, developing. And so, um, you know, you can provide a level of information through the QR code that's relevant to that point in time use, but you can also use it as a, as a mechanism to, uh, for additional information to connect into the customer portal. Um, in our case, we, we focus on keeping the, um, the interface with that QR code and, and back to a company at, at the, um, you know, there's no app to download, there's no account to log into. So it's a very kind of frictionless interaction with whatever information you're trying to provide or communicate with that particular particular user. So as I say, service is a, is a, you know, a, a very, a very nice application space. Um, I, I give you a couple of, you know, other examples, which are um, out there. Counterfeiting of products is, is a challenge that many companies face. And um, we've seen companies using QR codes to validate the, um, 
the product that is actually being put in front of a, a um, you know, a, a company is in fact from that OEM manufacturer that they, they think it's from. Um, and, you know, this can be, um, you can find yourself in situations. One that comes to mind is a, is a, is a, um, a marine manufacturer who um, had a situation where they, they had some um, ladders that get people on and off the, uh, the boats that were actually claiming to come from the manufacturer that um, they were expecting them to come from, but didn't. And, uh, and in fact, the, uh, the product was substandard and, uh, you know, there was an issue there that they had to address. So now they employ a QR code on the product to validate the, uh, the product's authenticity. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's probably not one of the most obvious use cases, but it was an interesting one and one that, um, you know, the QR code helped us resolve. And then we get into, you know, what people would think are some of the more traditional um, use cases around consumer experience. And, and there's a lot of high-end luxury goods that are now putting QR codes on also for a, um, you know, validation of authenticity. Um, you know, if you're buying a, um, you know, a piece of clothing from Prada, you want to know it's really coming from Prada and not, uh, you know, not just looking like it comes from Prada. Um, people are doing this from everything from, you know, high-end um, clothing to, um, you know, all the way across to um, cigars where people, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a, um, a particular experience that people look to create with cigars and, and they're able to communicate that through, um, you know, through the, the story that sits inside of the, the QR code. Same with coffee roasters, you know, a lot of boutique coffee roasters now are, are really doing more um, than just providing, you know, coffee beans or a cup of coffee. They're trying to, trying to um, indicate a, a lot more of the experience around that particular coffee. So they may have information on, on where the, uh, the coffee beans were grown, what type of beans there are in it, uh, people who, who use that particular brand and, and uh, you know, how they enjoy the brand, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's numerous different ways across numerous different in industries. Certainly in the, in the U.S. at the moment, we see a lot of traction from what you would call more traditional product manufacturers who are just realizing that they, you know, they have an opportunity through the great products and the great brands they've established to really enhance that experience. And so are looking at product-led communication, in increasing that digital experience with the products as, as a means of really, uh, you know, continuing to engage and engaging better with their customers, enhancing that customer experience. So, you know, we've talked a lot about different examples. We've talked about the technology. What questions should our listeners ask themselves or uh, to know if this is something they should pursue? Like what problems would they have or what questions can they go and be like, yes, this can absolutely help me? Obviously, you've got to see value in, in what we're, we're talking about with product-led communication. It, it can't just be an interesting technology for the sake of being an interesting technology. I would look at it from the point of where your pain points are. You know, are you struggling to, are you trying to engage with your customers and just struggling to, to get to the customer? You know, you, you may be spending a lot of money on, on surveys and they're not really giving you the returns that you, you want. You know, here's a, here's a very obvious way of um, addressing that engagement opportunity with customers. You know, are you are you at a point? And I, I mentioned a little bit of this through the use case examples. Um, you know, you're packing a ton of information into 
to product boxes. You're, you're spending a lot of time and effort developing, you know, nice marketing assets to support the product. Do you feel it's really getting in front of your consumers at the at the time, your customers or your consumers at the at the time that they need to see that? Um, is there an opportunity to you know, use the fact that the product is in their hands uh, to allow them to access that information that they, they really need at that point in time. You know, are you struggling with um, mechanics of, of service uh, from the standpoint of, you know, um, how do you engage with the customer? You may be one step removed from the customer, depending on, depending on how you're selling the product but you want the product to, uh, or the consumer, customer of that product to, to understand that you as a brand are supporting that product. You know, this may be a mechanism to engage with them directly or engage with them through your channel, but, but certainly provide that option to them. So they haven't got to go away and look for 1-800 numbers or log into your web, website and try and navigate to the, um, you know, the specific page. It's got the right contact information on it. So really, I think it's about thinking about, you know, where are the pain points you see in your process today that relate to a great customer experience? And, and once you get a sense of where those are, I think you're going to get a sense of whether, you know, something like a, you know, a twin tag, a dynamic QR code can help you address those pain points. A lot, a lot of our discussions are with companies where we'll go through, um, you know, really a, a sprint exercise to flesh out the particular uh, use cases and then make sure that the, uh, the value that um, implementing a, a dynamic QR code in, in this example is, is, going to, um, is, is really going to move them forward. What, what we find, Rebecca, is that companies have normally got products that are, you know, fairly technologically advanced. They're, you know, there's a degree of complexity to them. Um, and then there's some sort of multi-touch relationship with customers and consumers where you're trying to navigate um, everything from the delivery of, of good information on the product, um, you know, making sure there's a feedback loop that's open, validating things have been installed correctly. Um, you know, they're the sort of things that really uh, point you towards this, this type of technology, product-led communication to enhance the, uh, the experience your customers are having with the product. Okay. So I've asked myself these questions. I know I have these problems. Uh, just kind of to bring it all home, what are the, the first couple things you would have them do in this process of, of, of uh, looking at this an option and, and finding what exists? Obviously, we're, we're to, we've talked today about numerous ways you can you can engage with a product-led communication initiative. And, and depending on your industry, like I said earlier, if you're in the uh, contactless payment space, then there's, there's technology out there that's, um, you know, normally centered around uh, near-field communication, NFC. Uh, um, in, in the space that we're in, um, you know, the unique identifier can be can be presented really through a QR code, also through NFC, through RFID, you know, or, or even a simple, you know, link. Um, so there's numerous different ways you can engage with it. Um, I, I would encourage people to, to reach out to companies that are in this space. 
Um, you know, certainly TwinTag is, is one company that, you know, we're more than happy to talk to companies that are, uh, think there's a potential uh, use case within their environment. There are other companies out there that, you know, you can, you can find fairly easily through um, searches, uh, the way that we'd normally find companies. And then just, you know, like I say, the, the key point for me is make sure you understand the pain points you're feeling and, and you know, select the right technology to support that. Um, the ROIs on, on this kind of initiative are, are very attractive in terms of, you know, whether it's cost benefits through elimination of paper, it's, it's really quantifying how you're able to improve customer experience. Um, and if you're sophisticated enough to be able to measure retention rates of customers and the value of enhancing that, then, you know, you're going to find that the ROIs on these types of technologies are very attractive. Any other items that you want to make sure our audience knows about this topic? I think what I'd encourage companies to do is um, just be open-minded about how these types of technologies can help. Product-led communication, I mean, we're, we're kind of joking about your 10-year anniversary. If, if I go back 10 years in, in my career, you know, we were, we were not talking about this, this kind of opportunity. Um, customer experience was really in its infancy, and we were all struggling to understand how we could really enhance our customer experience and, and really embark on that, on that journey. So I think the thing to take away from, from this podcast is that, um, you know, we, we have technologies that are available today that make the ability to add a digital experience to a physical product very practical. And having your product be the vehicle to communicate uh, with your consumers Again, I think provides a lot of companies with a lot of opportunities to, um, you know, to move things forward, to uh, to do things differently, to potentially differentiate themselves versus competitors. So, um, you know, my uh, my I think my my final thought would be uh, look at the technologies and uh, and just uh, be open minded about some of the the, the new uh, opportunities they can bring to your product lines or your your companies in in general. Good advice, Andrew. All right. Thank you, Andrew. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Rebecca. Happy 10-year anniversary. Thank you. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. (laughs) 